This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We survived Las Vegas in the Consumer Electronics Show, so happy to be back in the rain <laughs> in, in Vancouver here. Partially happy. Partially happy. Well, uh, we made it. We're, we're uh, safe and healthy. We've got a great program today. Uh, of course, the App Show is all about the latest in apps for smartphones, TVs, cars, and mobile uh, technology. So a lot of uh, fun tech and uh, future things to look at. Uh, we're going to be chatting about social media tools for conservatives, kind of the, uh, the right, especially down in the U.S., uh, with uh, people like Trump being banned from Twitter and Facebook and his talk of creating his own social platform. I think it's called Truth Social. There's other ones. Getter will uh, be chatting about what they're all about and uh, some of the challenges they might have in becoming successful. We'll also be talking about some cool video games that were made uh, back behind the Iron Curtain back in the day, which I didn't know there was like a, a programming community in the Eastern Bloc. It's, it's a fascinating world of games that are somewhat politically inspired as well because of the situation. And these programmers that were behind these Iron Curtains in these countries made some pretty cool stuff. What did they play them on? PCs? Uh, well, these specific ones that we're going to talk about, they were on, do you remember the Spectrum computer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was probably bigger in Europe than it was here. Yeah, especially UK. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them were done for those. And you could actually get emulators to play all these games now. So it's a fascinating look uh, at some of these things that have all been translated into English as well. Oh, going to love talking about that. And uh, we're going to be chatting just about piracy on the downturn uh, there was a popular app called popcorn time that i know a lot of people use it was kind of like a netflix for pirated movies and tv shows that's uh, been taken down again it's like kind of whack-a-mole i know you can probably find it somewhere else but yeah i mean it's one of those things that you can never really truly kill it it'll pop up pop back up in some other form yeah well let's get to some of the uh the tech news or the uh, app and mobile news uh, this week, uh, John. This was kind of interesting. Uh, a company, I think out of Italy, uh, has a new device that will allow you to use your old smartphone as kind of a smart home hub interface. Yeah, this is a really great use for your old smartphone or even a tablet. Yeah. Uh, and it basically, it's this little device that you plug into your network and it uses different communication protocols such as Z-Wave, Zigbee, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth to, to basically control and communicate with just about any IoT or smart home device. No, I love that it uses all the different protocols because I've got all these different devices and they're all kind of using different ones. So I've got to have all these different hubs. Yeah, because it really depends on the age of the product and also, you know, how you were actually interfacing with it originally. But this seems like a really neat way to sort of pull all that together, cross-platform, cross-vendor, uh, and give you a controller for it all. Anyway, uh, they're doing a Kickstarter program, so it's not fully out yet. No. Uh, so let's get the name again. I can't even pronounce some of these things. Dometics. D-O-M-E-T-H-I-C. Very, very... Cool. Uh, what else we got in the, uh, the, the news hopper there? Uh, Motorola got a new dongle that will give you wireless access to Android Auto. Yeah, this is really kind of neat. Um, we, we've talked about the dongle you can get for wireless CarPlay, but now Motorola is actually making one for, it'll be just about 100 bucks Canadian, that you basically plug into your USB port on your car that supports Android Auto, and then it has a little... Uh, it creates a hotspot, basically, and then your phone will then connect to it. Yep. 
And, and it's getting the power from the USB. Getting the power from the USB. Yeah. Uh, your phone then would then be able to broadcast its Android Auto screens onto your in-car screen. Yeah, so you don't have to plug a cable in anymore. Well, I mean, you still kind of have to. The dongle. You have to plug the dongle in, yeah. but you can put your phone anywhere. Uh, like in my car, we t- I have both in my car, so this would work in with my car. I have a wireless charging pad. I can just leave my phone there, and it will talk to the dongle. Yeah. And I can then have a choice of Android or CarPlay. Do you find these things necessary, though, John? Like, I, I just... It's nice to charge your phone while you're in the car. So unless you have some sort of wireless charging pad in your car, it's just nice to plug it in and charge it up, right? Um, yes, and I mean, yeah, it's definitely a luxury item in that sense. But I love being able to just pick up my phone off, off the wireless charger and not have to worry about any cables at all. Yeah, but you have a wireless charger. Right. What, what if you didn't? If, well, if I didn't, I would just hardwire it in. Yeah, so that kind of negates the whole Yeah, but a, a lot of cars nowadays do have wireless charging pads. Yeah. Uh, This is interesting as well. Uh, Zynga, a very huge, popular online game company. Uh, And they make the poker games and and things like that. Yeah. Farmville. Farmville, a bunch of different. You probably have some on your phone. They were bought by the GTA publisher, Grand Theft. Take Two Interactive. Yeah. They make Grand Theft Auto, huge game worldwide. John, get this. $12.7 billion. It's the largest gaming acquisition ever. And it's all like mobile games that they're buying into, really. Because all the microtransactions. It's, yeah, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. $12.7 billion. It's a yeah. lot of fun. Parents, get your kids into programming games, mobile <laughs> games. That, that is where the, the money is, uh, is at. Uh, this is a disturbing uh, statistic, John. Smartphone users spent 3.8 trillion, 3.8 trillion hours on mobile in 2021. Yeah, that sounds about like my TikTok usage. <laughs> you were on TikTok all the time. I I have an iPhone, and I get those screen time alerts every week. You know the uh, the weekly. <laughs> I screen. turn that off. I, I can't look at them anymore. I'm just no. I feel like a, a crappy person. Like, <laughs> when do I actually talk to real humans instead of looking on my screen? Well, let's be honest. You're always on your phone. Yes. And you're always at like one percent on your phone. Yes. Because you're always on a call or a Zoom or something. Yeah, and. I don't need a screen time report to, t- to tell me that I'm a loser and no one will talk to me face to face anymore. But 3.8 trillion hours that we've spent. How did they even figure that out? I don't know. It's, uh, it's insane. Uh, but it's maybe a wake up call to the listeners out there. Spend less time on your, on your screen. Go outside. Go outside. But I, I, I could take that advice myself. <laughs> but you'll just take your phone with you. <laughs> It's hard though. Like even when I'm watching a movie now, I have my phone with me and I don't know what it is. Like I'm just, it's like crack. I'm using it to look up the actors in the movie and maybe some of the history of how it was made. And am am, am I present? Like, is that a bad thing? I don't know. Or maybe we're just getting better at multitasking. Yeah, but is that good? Am I missing like the experience? I think I am. Well, maybe some places you go where you can watch a movie without having your phone out, like a theater. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. I try sometimes, John, at night, you know, because we sit down and watch a show, to put my phone, like, on the kitchen desk. I'm like, and I comfort myself in knowing I've got my Apple Watch on in case I get any notifications. Well, here's something I do at home. I actually take my Apple Watch off. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because I don't need it when I'm in my house. How do you know if you stop breathing? (laughs) 
Who will get the notification, John? <laughs> or if I fall? Okay, uh, another interesting story, and uh, just kind of looking into this more, uh, some customers here in Canada are saying that TELUS was blocking Apple's iCloud private relay feature. And I don't know if this was a thing or not. I don't think it was, but explain to the listeners what this new feature is. It's in the latest update. Yeah, so in iOS 15, Apple added this feature called Private Relay, uses iCloud. And what it does is it essentially uses an Apple server instead of your actual IP address and everything else so that your uh, network carrier or the Wi-Fi that you're on uh, doesn't get your personally identifiable IP addresses, MAC addresses, that type of stuff. It's, it's basically like almost like a VPN that Apple provides Yeah. in that sense that it's hiding who you are from, from this stuff. And it really makes it hard for um, uh, these trackers to track your movements across websites and even your location. So, because as you move through uh, uh, Wi-Fi networks and, and cellular networks. Yeah, it's a great privacy tool. Yeah, and it's it's basically built into iCloud. So some customers were claiming that Telus was blocking it. Well, it's funny because I noticed this myself because I go to uh, a brewery that uses Telus Wi-Fi. Yep. And every time I would switch to it, I get a little pop-up saying your private relay has been disabled until you switch off this network. Well, it turns out it's actually, there's a really easy fix for this. You just have to go into your settings under cellular and scroll down. And there's actually a setting to limit IP address tracking. That's probably turned off. Oh, okay. You turn that on and then everything will work again. So it's not tell us. No, 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 but it, it's just a setting on your phone. But it seems to be triggered primarily by Telus customers or, or Telus Wi-Fi users. Okay. So I don't know. It's weird. I, I went and checked and it's set. You might have to set it separately from your cellular network. Okay. When you're on your Wi-Fi network, you have to go into the information on that Wi-Fi network and scroll all the way down and make sure that setting's turned on. Okay. So there is a... An easy workaround, yeah. but it's it can be a little bit alarming, and some people were pretty vocal about it on Twitter and raised some red flags. But after looking into it, a few a few people found out pretty quickly it's easy to fix. We've got a lot more to talk about on the app show with uh, Mike Agarbo and John Beeler today. We'll be chatting about Trump's new social platform. Will it ever launch? And piracy is it on? The downhill slide with uh, all the different subscription services making it easy to get the content you want. We'll be talking about uh, that and uh, some of the pirating apps that seem to be declining as well, like Popcorn Time. We'll be back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're uh, for better, for worse down in Las Vegas. Yes, we've been tested. We've been swabbed. Too many times to count. Yes. Uh, it's interesting down here, John, how available a lot of these uh, rapid tests are. They, you know, where they, we're from up in, in Vancouver and BC, I don't even know where to get any. You can't. No. They're not available yet because they haven't been approved by the provincial health. They're everywhere here. Everywhere here. Yeah. They're literally handing them out here. You tried to get a booster shot here too. At the, I did. At and, the drugstore. And yeah, because I could have got it, but because I have a mixed uh, vaccine. Oh, you were a mutt. I am a mutt. I'm a mutt too. I wouldn't have been able to get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you were you were hell bent on getting it. Well, I, I want to get it as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah, but you you got your notification. Yeah, in Canada, right? Yeah, when we get back, I'll I'll get it. But figured I might as well get it while I'm down here. Well, you know, we, we saw a lot of companies that have come out with these little test kits. 
and they seem to be pretty advanced. Like, uh, you know, one actually has a special QR code on it as well, so when you take it, it sends the results to whatever airline or, or doctor that needs it as well. Yeah. Part of our CS badging was they gave us a couple of tests, and so Robin and I have already taken ours, and it's a very quick, simple process. you got to wait 15 minutes for the results, and you're good to go. EMED, though, what you were just talking about, yeah. they actually will sort of make your results digital. You actually have to do the entire test on camera using their app, and then it basically documents the fact that you took the test, and then you'll get your results. And these are good for travel, so you could take one of these, like, if you're a United States citizen, yeah. you could take it if you're going anywhere yeah. and do the tests, like, out of country, and yeah. it would be valid to get you back in. That's right. Unfortunately, not for us. We needed a PCR test, which, fortunately, CES is providing. Yeah. they got this whole room where you go in and, and there's swabbing noses. <laughs> yes. A lot of the other countries seem very confused by it. Yes. <laughs> well. we're, we're in this big lineup, and uh, yeah, it's not the most easy-to-follow flow. No, because you have to sign up using a, uh, a website, QR code, create an account, put all your travel information into it, and then uh, book an appointment, although they're taking walk-ins, which is what we just did. Well, let's talk about COVID tech, John, because we were at a few of these events and there's a bunch of companies claiming all sorts of things that they can do. One company, Liberty, they had these uh, devices, they looked like big canisters that you could stick in a room. They had different sizes depending how big the room was. And they say by plugging in these cartridges, they can detect COVID in the air. <coughs> so they just detect it or do they do anything with it? No, they just tell you, run, get out of the room. Essentially, <laughs> but there's another uh, company that we saw at the same event. Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, but it's Serenio. Serenio, uh, and it, basically they make these big sort of air filter devices, uh, air purifying devices that they claim can actually take COVID out of the air. Yeah, with you know negative and positive ions, it'll find the spike proteins in COVID in the air and neutralize it. Yeah. So I, one of these work? events, I don't know. it was all over, the, all over the room at this event we were at the other night. And cool if it's working. I mean, that's kind of what air purifiers do. Um, it's just how effective it is against COVID. We're going to have to get them on the show just to kind of grill them on that. They say that they've tested them and they've put them in like some classrooms and what have you. So the kids were the guinea pigs? <laughs> they used the kids as, as guinea pigs. But, I mean, isn't that what we want, like this type of technology? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the detection company even had one they're working on that. It's like a little portable that one that you put in a mask to get an instant result. Oh, Which would bring the COVID testing down to like 20 cents a test. Right. <laughs> which would be insane. That is, the, that is the crazy thing here is the COVID tests are so plentiful and you have to wonder some of these companies where did they come from i don't know and where are they going to go after covid yeah eventually dies down yeah that's what i'm worried about john like these companies are all corporations and they need to keep making money so john a lot of health tech down here as well uh, one that really caught my eye for diabetics the freestyle libre 3 and so these guys have been around for a while 
They've got these little uh, buttons they look like that have adhesives that stick on your skin that are able to measure glucose levels in kind of a non-invasive way. Yeah, these, these are probably well known to people with diabetes, but they just came out with a new version that's currently being tested in Europe, and it's about the size of a quarter. I would say smaller. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's significantly smaller than the Freestyle Libre 2, and the cool thing about uh, this technology, the, the 2 itself was kind of neat because you would basically tap your phone onto this button to actually get... Uh, your results using RFID, but the new one uses Bluetooth, and you don't even have to tap your phone. It just sends it right to your phone. Yeah, it's just like automatically going to your phone to the app, which I just find uh, amazing. This is the kind of technology that gets me excited, John, and I'd love to see this built into watches one day as well down down in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because there, there were some companies here. Well, there's one specific one that I saw that did have like a watch wearable that monitored glucose levels like continuously. Yeah, but that did not ha- require like something sticking into your skin. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that was the selling point of the Freestyle Libre is that it's it's a subdermal thing, but it's not like a big needle that's living on your arm. Yeah. Like it's 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 a sensor basically. So we're also seeing wearables now that can do blood pressure in an accurate way. I think we're still a few years away from seeing them kind of built into an Apple Watch, for example. But the technology is getting smaller and smaller now, which I thought was cool. One thing that I really liked was from Withings, their smart scale. Did you see this thing? I didn't. You told me about it, though. Yeah, so it's a scale. And we've seen a lot of smart scales. You can stand on it and, you know, get your body fat measurements and and things like this. Uh, But this one has a little handle that you pull up from the scale. It's attached with a cable. But when you pull it up and you stand up, it can do things like an EKG to detect things like uh, AFib, atrial fibrillation. Uh, my father has that. Crazy. Yeah. I, and I know watches can do that now, like the Apple Watch. My Apple Watch and yours can do that. Yeah. But what makes this different is that typically with the, the wearables, the, the watches, it's only one lead. Whereas this one has six leads on the handles. So, so, it's, so it's, it's more like a proper medical device. It's much more accurate yeah. than, than the single one, apparently. Uh, it also can do nerve detection on the feet to diagnose, not diagnose, but to alert you to some potential issues uh, that you might be having with uh, your, your nerves. Uh, but it can also do uh, body mass segmentation as well, more accurately than these scales that are just doing it from your feet. Because right. now it'll do it from the feet and your hands on the handle there, basically. It's sending like a low-level current through your body to get this measurement. It's very cool. It's only a few hundred dollars, too, coming out next year. Yeah. Or next year. It is this year now. Yeah. Keep forgetting it's 2022. Yes. One thing I saw at uh, an event we were at uh, from a company called Abbott, they, they make a lot of these COVID tests. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're a big pharmaceutical company. And they have something called the um, iStat Alinity. And what this is, this is meant for hospitals. This isn't meant for consumer use yet, although that end goal is for them to make something for consumers. It's essentially a portable blood lab. Okay. You have these, they have these little cartridges that you do that does the finger prick. And so you, you deposit some uh, blood onto this little cartridge. You put it in this machine. Machine kind of looks like, I'm trying to think what it would look like. Um, it's like a handheld scanner. Um, like you would see somebody like doing prices at, <laughs> at a grocery store. Yeah. A little bit bigger than that. Has a big screen on it. And you put this little cartridge into it. And then within 15 minutes, 
you get the entire blood workup on that sample. That is insane, you know, yeah. having that technology. Can well, you imagine how much handier that'll be for hospitals? Exactly, because you don't because sometimes people that need blood work done, it can take weeks to get results. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, it's not something that we're going to see everywhere soon, um, but it's definitely coming to Canada. They, they assured me of that. And, and it's going to be something you'll probably see in the hospitals or, or your doctor's office, maybe. We're going to have to take a break when we come back. More news from the Consumer Electronics Show, including a new hair dye styling tool for the, more so for the ladies out there that just makes dyeing your hair that much easier. If I had more hair, I'd dye mine. But I don't know <laughs> if I can use this thing. Listening to the App Show with Mike and John back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Eggerbo here with John Beeler. We're live in Las Vegas. Well, almost alive. <laughs> it's partially. Partially. Covering some of the latest mobile uh, tech trends that are going to be popping up over the next year or two. Uh, we saw some other kind of interesting things, John. One caught my eye from Asus. I don't know if you saw their ZenBook 17-inch folding tablet slash laptop. So this is like, it looks like a big 17-inch tablet that you can fold in half. And so when you fold it in half, like into kind of like a laptop mode, a virtual keyboard will pop up on the bottom half, or you can also put like a physical keyboard on the bottom Oh, well, okay. Which is kind of unique, don't you think? Interesting, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, you know, I'm always interested in these different types of form factors. I don't know how big that will be, but at least they're trying stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, making one or two designs isn't going to fit for everybody. So having no. lots of different options, assuming it does what it says on the tin. So you saw a really interesting keyboard, though, that was also a trackpad, and I don't even know how to describe this thing. Yeah, this was really interesting. It's a Bluetooth keyboard, um, and, you know, just like a standard rectangle laptop like a mobile keyboard so it's very short throw keys but what they've done is they've put sensing technology on the keys themselves so if you just lightly brush your finger across the keyboard it gives you a trackpad so how does it know though like that you're not just like pushing a bunch of keys because you're not depressing the keys oh so it needs that pressure yeah yeah yeah. And if you're just sliding your finger along. Yeah, it's a- and it worked really well. And they had one that was just the, the regular rectangle, but they also had a smart um, magnetic case for an iPad. Okay. So you basically just dock your iPad into this thing, and then you've got a, tri- uh, a, tr- a trackpad or a touchpad on top of your keyboard. Was it hard getting used to it? Like, I mean, having, having two things like that into one, that's... No, it was very intuitive and very simple. And the other thing, questions that we had and that we quickly learned how to do is clicking and dragging. You can actually just, like, it seems to be able to detect that you're using the touchpad part and not the keyboard part. You press the key down that you're actually on. So when you're pushing keys, can you feel it tactically? Yeah, no, it's actually, it's, like, it's a regular laptop keyboard. Okay. Like a like a proper oh okay like physical keys yeah 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 oh but it's sensitive enough to be kind of a... the the top coating of the keys is the trackpad oh that's so weird yeah yeah I wonder if we'll see that in laptops it makes sense that you would right yeah yeah because you could get rid of the whole trackpad on your laptop yeah I mean that would be something that people would have to get used to yeah uh, also you had a chance to check out something called the the next or next second screen. 
Yeah, this was something that was really interesting. Uh, it starts at about, I think, 249 US, and they come in different form factors and different screen resolutions. They have a 2K version and a 4K version, and essentially it's a, it's a standalone screen that you can get for, uh, if you have a Samsung device, you know, with the, with the decks. So, yeah, explain that to listeners. So you, you plug a, an HDMI cable into your USB-C port on your uh, Samsung device. Some, so not every Samsung phone. Correct. Yeah, but all, some of the higher-end ones. All the, all the newer ones have this. Yeah. And basically what that means is that this screen then becomes um, your extended desktop for your phone. It, it turns your phone into a laptop. Really. It does, yeah. yeah. But what they did was really clever. This is actually like, it's like a tablet screen with a little bezel area at the bottom that's magnetic and you actually attach your phone magnetically there to it and then you just run the cord into the thing that's one of the form factors they had they also had a laptop that has a giant battery in it it'll charge your phone and give you six to eight hours of battery life on a full-size laptop screen and keyboard everything like that and then they also had another one that was um really interesting it was more like a like a proper monitor okay you know, with a stand and everything like that, that you could plug in any device. So, like a, an Apple Mac Mini, for example, could be plugged into it. Okay. And then it also had that little magnetic spot where you can plug your phone into, and everything gets charged by this giant battery slash screen. Is this something you would buy? Um, the, I really like the sort of the tablet version, because the other thing that it has, because it has a big magnet on the bottom of it, and you can actually attach it to the back of your laptop and have, like, an extended screen so you have dual screens then. Yeah. So you can have, you know, all your email on one screen and then your browser on another screen. So it's really good for... This is a problem that, like, if you're used to using dual screens at home, then you take your laptop somewhere, you don't have the second screen anymore. Yeah, you're missing it. Right. And yeah. this is this is very thin. It magnetically attaches to the back of your laptop. And it doesn't weigh the laptop screen down? No, it's very light. Yeah? Yeah, because it's just a screen. Okay. Yeah. And it works? It works, yeah. It was, it was, I thought it was really cool. Did, did they say anything about pricing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? One of them's available now, at the, the laptop one, and then the rest of them are coming probably in the next three or four months. These like hundreds of dollars or thousands? Hundreds. Hundreds. That's not bad. Yeah. That's Starts at 249 US and goes up to, I think, 449 Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are down in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, checking out all the latest in tech. Don't forget to listen to our sister program, Get Connected. You can find that on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, or also the podcast version available uh, at the Apple Podcast uh, site, uh, or even Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some more kind of cool mobile tech that we saw, including a cool new hair dye tool, from L'Oreal that's going to make dyeing hair at home a breeze. We'll also uh, look at uh, a pepper spray device that is hard-coded to your biometric signature. You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with The App Show. Mike and John here. We are uh, trying to survive Las Vegas. We were crazy enough to come down for the Consumer Electronics Show. Not as many people came down this year. I'd probably say half. We're still waiting for the figures on that. It still seems like quite a lot, though. Yeah, there are thousands of people here. There's no question. But it is a quieter Vegas. You know, it was easy to get Ubers and taxis and uh, to get around uh, the city, which is kind of a nice nice thing. We're looking at some of the uh, cool mobile tech that we came across down here. One that uh, caught my eye 
because I know a lot of uh, people that like to dye their hair at home to save some money. L'Oreal's coming out with something called the Color Sonic. And so this is a hair dyeing styling tool. Kind of looks like almost like a curling iron. Yeah. Yeah. You put the cartridge in that has the color that you want, and then it uh, basically uh, works to make sure that the developer and the colorant I'm not a high hair dyeing expert, so I'm just reading the press release here. Uh, basically mixed together at the right time, and as you're stroking this thing through your hair, it then obviously infuses it into your hair. Huh. And then after 30 minutes, you just wash, and you're good to go. That could be very interesting for a lot of people, I think. I, yeah. I mean, I don't have hair long enough, I think, to use this. Well, not, not the curling iron part, but... No. But yeah, no, I, I, that's also, I think, one of the problems that with a lot of people that dye their hair they have to sort of put it all in their hair at least this way you can sort of see where it's going and brush it totally it just seems like because I've seen people do hair dye at home um, and it doesn't look like an easy thing it looks like messy like a hot mess yeah yeah and so this seems like it would just kind of streamline that Mm -hmm. dramatically John something that you came across I didn't get a chance to see this but you know we are Many of us concerned about our safety, uh, especially uh, you know young women, well all all people yeah for that for that matter. Well, it was interesting. This particular company, Solosecure.com, they have a number of products that are biometrically connected to you using their app, and they the two sort of very accessible products that they had. One was basically it's a pepper spray. And you use it the app, and there's like a fingerprint sensor on it, and it's coded. It only will activate um, when you press the button, because apparently one of the problems with pepper spray in general, if if you have it in your purse or something like that, sometimes it gets used on you because the attacker or whoever is trying to get at you can overpower you and grab it first. They can't use this on you because it's coded to your fingerprint. The other interesting thing that it does with the app is if you do activate it. It will send a text message to your friends saying, hey, I'm having a problem. I had to use my pepper spray. Oh, my God. So that's really cool. The other thing that they had that was really interesting, too, was a wallet for, you know, the wallets you can get for your, the back of your phone? Yes. Well, um, the woman that I was talking to, she had one and she, it, she lost it. It fell off, the magnetic ones. And so she wanted something a little bit more secure. So they actually have a, an iPhone case that is locked by your biometrics. So if that wallet gets into the wrong hands, they can't get into it. No, no, this is your phone case itself. Oh, the phone case itself. The phone case itself. Okay. And you basically, basically you, you use your face ID to authenticate it yeah. to unlock and open up the wallet. Oh, okay. So it's a very secure wallet on the back of your phone because it's a part of the case. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool. The last thing that they had uh, was a really interesting thing for, uh, I think the use case is probably like campus security uh you're a university student, you're walking home from a party or something like that, you don't feel safe because maybe someone's following you. Yeah, you're you, alone, it's dark. You can you can basically, the, the intent behind this is you can actually request backup, basically, and your university campus would have a drone force, and the drones would be deployed, and the drone would then follow you home shooting video the whole time that would send back to the corporate or uh, campus security. Yeah. So you can lease... Because they don't have the manpower to send security people out for every person going home. Right. And so these drones are sort of like... It would be like where the residents are and the yeah. university campus, that type of thing. So a drone would follow you home. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought that was really cool. They need to put lasers in the drone now. That's right. <laughs> they see see any bad bad things happening. But that is a really cool idea. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, it's a, it seems like a really practical use case for a drone. Yeah. And, and this whole interaction between the app, your biometrics with all these devices that they have, I thought was really cool. I'd like to check that out more. We're going to have to get more info uh, on that. We'll, we'll talk to Catherine. Yeah, some other random tech if you're in the Amazon uh, Ring world. A lot of people have the Ring video doorbells and even the alarms. They've got a new uh, accessory for that, uh, a glass detector or glass breaking detector, which is, I think, a, a must-have. So is it a standalone module? Yeah, and then it can detect glass breakage. Interesting, because with the smart assistant, you can turn on a feature in the app for Alexa. Yep. And I, I was watching a movie once and somebody cr- I think it was John Wick and he crashed through a bunch of glass and it set off I set it off. Set it off. Yeah. Wow. I mean I have a good stereo system so Well, I guess you don't want John Wick coming over. No. 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 But that's cool that cuz you can put that in places where maybe you don't have a smart speaker. Exactly. So another random thing that I came across that I actually thought was kind of cool. Not everyone might think so, but it's called the Bird Buddy. Okay. And so this is a little birdhouse. Looks like a little birdhouse, and it's a bird feeder as well. So right. you, can, you can put the bird seed or whatever you put in there, and it's got a camera built into it as well, John. So when the little bird comes up to get its food, it actually will take pictures of the little bird and send it to you. Yeah. And it will also, using their software, identify what kind of bird it is. Oh wow! And it'll keep a collection of pictures, and you know the identification of all the different types of birds that come to your bird feeder. I know a lot of people that would really like that. I know. Like, I'm, I'm not a big bird guy. No. I, You know, I think we have a hummingbird feeder out every so often before something gets it. <laughs> this thing looks a little more durable. It looks like a right. little house, right? Yeah. But, God, I, I can't help but want one of these things. Mm-hmm. Just to see what... You've got a lot of birds in your backyard that I've seen. Yeah. 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 So we need to see... I wonder if it's got, like, squirrel detection. Probably. Set, set off an alarm to, to scare it. Just them. electrifies the floor. <laughs> <laughs> or a squirrel laser. Wow. That, that would be the thing. Okay, we're going to have uh, another break here when we come back. We are down in Las Vegas. We'll uh, tell you a few more fun little uh, mobile tech things that we came across. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here, live in Las Vegas, going home soon. Mm-hmm. As long as we pass all the COVID tests. <laughs> well, we're still waiting for our results. Yeah. I might be broadcasting here next week from Las Vegas, so <laughs> we will see. Uh, just winding it down here. I uh, hope uh, you've enjoyed some of the cool uh, tech that uh, we've talked about. If you want to hear more, uh, we also talked a lot about a lot of the tech innovations on our sister show, Get Connected Radio, which uh, airs Saturdays across chorus but can also be listened to up on our website getconnectedmedia.com and you can download the podcast or subscribe to it which is even better idea uh some of the other things that we saw here as far as mobile tech would be pet tech yeah they had some weird collars for dogs i I still don't understand how this would work because when when you wear a wearable you have to have it fairly tight on your arm so it can do the sensing that it needs to do and are you going to put this on a dog's neck yeah so the one i think we saw it's I, I don't I don't think you could get it on a small dog. It'd have to be like a, like a, a big dog, yeah. right? And it's yeah, it's tight around the neck, but it's got a built-in GPS, so it's it's got Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, uh, cellular technology, so you can track your your dog wherever it is. It just looks like something out of like the Running Man. 
It, if it gets outside of the zone, it <laughs> blows up. Blows up or something. Uh, but this one here also was kind of uh, health sensors in it. It, it can detect uh, your dog's um, respiratory rate and heart rate. What? Which I imagine would be elevated because it's so tight it's around. Choking your dog. <laughs> you see that other one that um, can tell you how your dog's feeling? It's like a little yes. harness. Yes. And it's got a little LED light on the top of it. And you can tell if your dog is happy or excited or stressed out. Like, how good is that going to work? Well, I, how, like, how is it detecting that? I don't know. Like, I, I read the, the whole thing on it. I still don't understand. Yeah. It looks, it's like a mood, mood <laughs> ring for your dog. Like, I, I think I'll, you know, wait and see on that particular one. I like the I like the collar tracking stuff, like with GPS, but it's still expensive, John. Like it's hundreds of dollars for these things. There's always some sort of subscription fee for it as well. Yeah, and then there's the whole fact that the GPS ones are okay because they're not that tight. But any kind of the sensors that we would typically have, I, I can't imagine a dog would really enjoy that that much. Yeah, and when they lose that. It's yeah. not like a $20 collar. No. No, it's like a $300 collar. Right. <laughs> but at and least you know where it is. Well, <laughs> hopefully they didn't chew it all up. I know. Like, my dogs go through collars like nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Well, we'll keep our eye. We should try to get one in. You should, because you've got the dogs. I'd, you know, I'd have to put it around its waist, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Well, that might be better, though. It might be. It might be. <laughs> okay, that's all the time we have left here on the App Show. We really appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully, we'll be back into, into Vancouver for next week's show. Uh, until next time, this is Mike Agarbo, John Beeler, signing off. We'll see you again. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.